The Yes Day Inclusion Podcast is a solutions-based platform where we discuss the how-to-say-yes side of including all persons in everyday activities and situations. Our ultimate goal is to improve the lives of children and adults with disabilities by sharing stories and perspectives. These are your hosts, Laura Wingler and Kirby Morgan, and it's time to say yes to inclusion today. In this episode, Laura and Kirby talk to Sarah Elizabeth Chapman from the blog Sawyer's Voice, our imperfect memoir about inclusion in a church setting in the state of Tennessee. They discuss the processes for finding the right church, volunteering, and building a community in faith. Join us for episode nine. And welcome to a, another episode of Yes Day Inclusion Podcast. I am your host, Kirby Morgan. And Laura Wingler. And today we have a guest with us. We have Sarah Elizabeth Chapman. So Sarah, would you please introduce yourself? Hi. Yes, um, I'm Sarah. I am a mom to three amazingly beautifully curious autistic kiddos. Uh, Stevie, who is 11, Mason, who is eight, and Sawyer, who is six. Um, I run the page Sawyer's Voice, Our Imperfect Memoir. And I've just been documenting uh, our family's journey through diagnosis to where we are currently. Uh, and we live in the uh, East Mountains of Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. We're so excited to have you here today. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to talk about this topic. Well, how is Tennessee now that you guys are really settled in? Because I know personally from moving a lot, that does take a while to get really settled. And the boys are back in school. So how has that been going? It's honestly, it's been going really well. Um, the transition went fairly smoothly, I guess, because we it took us so long to get here. Um, it, the whole two years of you know, finding land, building the house, you know, getting integrated into the community with the schools and all of that. So it just, when we moved here, it was just so seamless. Um, and it's also a very small town, so it's very laid back and, you know, easygoing. So it's not busy and crazy like it was where we lived before. So. Where did you come from? We originally come from Charlotte, North Carolina. So um, a busy city, um, you know, we loved it there. We lived there for a little over 12 years, um, have wonderful memories and friends there. Um, but I will say living out here is far better for our family. And um, we've seen amazing improvements in our kids um, since moving here. That's so interesting because so many, I feel like so many journeys I follow will say that they have to move to big cities mm -hmm. for their kids and for services and for all these things. Right, right. And That's refreshing. Yeah, I mean, services, at least here in East Tennessee, it really doesn't matter if you're out here where we are or if you're closer to bigger cities like Knoxville or uh, anything like that, because it, the further east you go in Tennessee, the lesser services you're going to have regardless. So um, Tennessee, the hub of where services are, are in the western side, so near Nashville, and in those outer areas around that. So we do have services here. It's just limited. Um, but we have been finding our way with that slowly but surely. Well, that's awesome. 
So I was watching your last live um, a couple weeks ago. Probably not your last one, but one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw you guys. I see you guys have been venturing out a ton. Mm-hmm. I see all your adventures at the zoo with the boys. And I even heard you guys are returning to church as a family. Mm-hmm. And how are the boys doing with that? Because that is a, a topic that actually Laura and I have kind of already talked about because um, one of us is, you know, going into the church situation and it hasn't really been so successful. Um, well, you know, with church, um, just a little background, um, Stephen and my husband, Stephen and I have, um, we're both brought up in church. Um, my background is, you know, Southern Baptist, his is a mixture of Methodist and Pentecostal. His family split, so he kind of was integrated in both, um, uh, you know, uh, denominations versus mine. My parents have been together for over 45 years and, you know, um, wonderful upbringing on both sides, really. But when we got together and got married, we decided, you know, we wanted to find one denomination that him and I both agreed on that we wanted to bring our kids up in. Um, pre-autism, you just don't think about the inclusion and the acceptance and the understanding of your children because you're like, oh, they're just going to go to children's church or to nursery. Um, you know, they'll be up with all the other kids. Everything will be fine while we go do our things with adults. And then during the process of diagnosis, this was over four years ago now, it really opened our eyes to the church we were or had been attending for years um, was not the best fit for our boys. Um, It wasn't as if they were a terrible church or that they were mean or anything like that. It's just they were not flexible with understanding what our kids needed versus what they were offering. Um, So when we looked for this church and for the church before we moved here, so our last two home churches, we had a very strict policy of what we needed, what our kids needed, what us as parents needed uh, in going forward with church. Um, And, you know, I just laid it out for the churches that we visited, um, had actual like sit down conversations, whether on the phone or in person and really made our, desires and our needs known so that they knew when they saw me walking in, if you don't have this, we're not going to continue and we will find somewhere else. Wow. That's, That's refreshing because usually when we, I call anywhere and I give them my whole a list of accommodations that we need, we're instantly, I don't get a call back. I like, they're like, bye, not interested. Like that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy that maybe we need to move to Tennessee, Laura. <laughs> maybe. I mean, our our denomination is Catholic. So mm-hmm. where I am in Ocean County, New Jersey, mm-hmm. there's, there's one church that was in the news in Jackson for refusing to allow an autistic child to do their communion or confirmation. It was a big deal. And we actually still go to a church that is like 30 minutes away that's very small 
it's in a place where we used to live and we kind of go out of our way to go there because it's a smaller environment, less like she's not like she's doing her communion this year and she's been going to CCD, which has been kind of a struggle, but we're getting through it. Like if she was in a class where there was like a hundred kids in like one of these bigger towns, one of these bigger cities in a Catholic church, I almost feel like, I, I feel like it becomes about with them. I don't know how to, how to like describe this. Like, Oh, she's not going to be a financial contrib you know, contributor for us. So she doesn't matter. Some churches get like that. And it's, I don't know, like for me, it's not having faith and believing in God and all these things. Doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to be in a place giving someone your money. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's become a driver that's kind of hurt some of our kids, but it's been nice for me too, to have somewhere small where, where she could go so that she could be a part of these things. And she sings her little heart out in the middle of mass and they could see that it's her singing. But then, I mean, I'm not going to lie. We've had, we've definitely had days where we've had to pull her out <laughs> because um, she'll be singing so loud. I guess another kid will be like, you know, shh. And she'll be like, you know, shut the F up and in the <laughs> middle of church. So I know my husband has been pretty horrified when things like that happen. And, um, but that, that's, that, I think that's part of like what you get with our kids. Yeah. yeah. I think there's always a level of unpredictability with our kids that it's just, you have to be prepared for the, uh, you can't predict everything and you never know what could happen in the moment yeah so sarah what does inclusion look like at your church so when we found this church you know i had done a post um this was a couple weeks ago on our page because i felt that it was a topic that a lot of families are needing more information about especially special needs families um uh, that they used to go to church, they can't because of their child, or they feel that their child is not included, or that they can't be accommodated um, in the way that they need to be. Um, and so in that, I described our church, and our church is very inclusive, not just with our kids, but with the city and the town around it. Um, it's the reason why we ended up going with that church wasn't just simply because it was for you know, our, our autistic kids or um, because they were willing to, you know, listen, that was a big part of it. Um, the main part was it aligned with our belief and our doctrine. And the second was it's an extremely inclusive church that has multiple, you know, uh, backgrounds of demographic and ethnicities. It's just open to literally everybody. Um, it's a semi-large church, but not on the scale of where we were with our previous church. Um, it, it's just very inclusive all around. But for our children specifically, um, when I met with the children's director and the volunteers that were there on the first day, um, we explained, especially Sawyer, um, I didn't really have to do a lot of explaining with Stevie and Mason. They're on um, uh, they're in the same class and, and they've always seemed to, you know, fit in well and not need a lot of extra attention. Um, but I always make sure the volunteer or the teacher in that class understands they may need a little help in this area or to watch out for this. But with Sawyer, you know, he's on the severe end. He was diagnosed nonverbal. 
he's an eloper. Um, he will get physically aggressive if he gets, you know, uh, overwhelmed um, or understimulated, all those kind of things. And so when we sat down and had that conversation, I said, this is Sawyer. This is what his needs are. Um, and I need to feel that if you cannot handle him or your volunteers can't handle him, um, that he won't be taken and put into a room by himself with a teacher and let him scream it out. Like that's the last thing that we want that had happened to us many years ago. Um, and so we just want to make sure that wasn't going to happen again. Um, but they have trained, um, professionals that are in charge of children's church and, and in charge of the children's ministries. Um, they're trained in special needs. They know how to handle, um, and help and assist children, um, of all backgrounds of special needs, not just autism. Um, but, you know, we're working on developing a few things for the church and they've asked me to step in and, and to give my, you know, two cents and, and um, experience um, to help advance this area in the church, to help more children and more families of our church and of our area feel more comfortable bringing their children, knowing that, you know, that they will be cared for and accommodated. That's amazing because me and Laura always talk about how if they think outside the box, if people, if we're thinking outside the box and as special needs parents, we're the first to volunteer. We are the first to say, okay, let me come and see the behavior and give you some strategies. We're the first ones to step up and try to make the situation work for our kids. Because a lot of the times our kids are starting to notice how excluded they are. So it's, that is another hurdle because you don't want them to feel personally excluded and different from their peers because it starts to affect their like self-esteem and you want them to feel like they have self-worth and they are important. And just because they're different doesn't mean they're less than. So I wish a lot of other places would take the initiative that your church is doing because you're right. There are so many families that I have heard of that have left church because they just couldn't sit through a service. They had to leave with their kid. Everyone is staring at them. And it's a tough situation. So I know so many people that have gone and haven't come back yet. So I'm glad that you're trying to build a bridge to bring those people back and give them a safe place. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just been a really wonderful experience um, with this last church and even with the church previously. Um, our two home churches that that we've had in the last couple of years have just been a huge answer to all of our prayers to make us as a family feel comfortable going, knowing that they're willing to listen and they're willing to jump hurdles and to adapt and change and you know, take things away and add where they need to, to make sure that all people coming, all children, all adults, all teenagers feel included and comfortable um, in the church setting. That's amazing. That's really, if you look at it, like what it's all about. So that that's, right. that's a nice story. Cause I always, there was another blogger in our group, which I want to say her name. I remember a couple of years ago, she shared a story where she couldn't attend her daughter's 
her other daughters, it was her communion or a confirmation. I can't remember which one it was because one of the men in the choir, the guy who ran the choir said, I'm not, if that is here, because the only place they had to sit was up, up, I guess on the second story or something over where they are. He's like, if that is here, I'm not, I refuse to perform. And she said she was like so uncomfortable that she just left because she's like, well, I'm not going to ruin the ceremony for everybody. Yeah. So like that was heartbreaking. So it's nice to see other people having more positive experiences. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, I will say that the, the one really large negative experience that we had in searching for new churches, um, we were actually visiting a family's church. Um, uh, and we, you know, had made sure we did all the right things. We, we spoke with the children's ministry director. We spoke with the, the class teacher. We spoke with all the volunteers. We did everything we were supposed to do and come to pick him up. We find out that he had been removed from that class um, because he apparently was going through a meltdown. They, um, the volunteers felt that he wasn't a good fit for that class. And they removed him and put him in a very large room with one person and they locked the doors so that he could not get out. And so they decided that us as parents did not need to be notified um, that the person that was in there, well, he was a special needs teacher before he retired. So he understood children and the words they use, children of that nature, uh, children with those issues. And so they felt that he was he was a good fit for that situation. Um, I I grabbed Sawyer after I, I I don't remember everything that I said, and and I think that's a good thing. Um, but it I I grabbed him and and we just we left. And I told my family I said we will never attend your church again. I am so sorry. I said, but that is not inclusion. That is not acceptance or understanding. That is illegal. That that's wrong. That cannot happen again. Um, and it actually, during that time, it, it made us not want to attend church again, not because we didn't feel that there wasn't a proper church out there, but because of what Sawyer went through, he would have terrible anxiety anytime we got near a church for almost a year. So it took time to get him to feel comfortable uh, with walking or even driving into the parking lot of any church. Um, it just, it took time, but I mean, we've had some, some bad experiences for sure. You know, we're just been very blessed with our current church, not having to experience that. That's terrible. I think we've all had those moments where we say things that we, we like black out after we say them. Um, <laughs> That, you know, it's funny, my husband, he does most of the, like the, um, the CCD classes with our daughter and he did them with, with Robbie too. He actually will sit outside the classroom the entire time in case something happens. Mm. We haven't had it happen yet though. Like the teacher will be like, I almost came to get you three times today, but I didn't. So I guess that's, it's better. We haven't actually like personally had a bad experience. I think I've had so many other experiences at so many other places that I just haven't, I've made sure that we go to places that we're going to be comfortable in. We haven't had a negative experience ourselves mm -hmm. just yet. 
Like nobody has said anything to us during the times we've had to leave or go in the back. Like nobody has actually ever done anything to our kids at, at church. Thank goodness. Um, are your boys, um, Sarah, are they able to participate in the programs with their peers? They are. So my older two, Stevie and Mason, they're in the older class. Um, they have it separated at our church um, uh, in that, I'm going to get this right, first through fifth grade is in, they have what they call children's church. Like they have their own uh, worship team. They have their own like sermon, all of that. Um, and it's really loud and fun and they enjoy it. Uh, they're in what they call the garage. It looks like a garage. It's not really one, but it looks like one. They go in there. They have a blast. Um, all of the teachers and volunteers know them by name. All of the kids in there know them. They're just fully immersed in that program. Um, and then Sawyer is in the kindergarten. Uh, it's the pre-K and kindergarten class because technically he is in kindergarten. Um, he's six years old, but developmentally he's about three. Um, but he is from what I have seen and from what I have heard, he is very much included. Um, I know a lot of the volunteers and I know all of the teachers and the directors and they absolutely love Sawyer. Um, and he's with him, it's different because he doesn't always want to play with other people. That's something that in school and in therapy, they're working on getting him to build his tolerance up. Uh, so far he's up to five minutes. So that's a big step. Um, and he doesn't always want to participate in all of the things because it doesn't always interest him, but they always include him, always give him the option to come and, and to take part. And, and that, that I'm very, very glad of because he loves it. He loves going in there and he has a blast. I love that. I love that. They both have their place. I think their garage sounds like a really cool place for kids, older it, kids. It is. It is. If I were, a kid, I definitely want to, to be in there. <laughs> right. That is so, that is positive. So what do you think has made these experiences more successful than the ones in the past that may have failed? Um, you know, I think it's really just come down to time and experience. Um, like I have said before, we've dealt with churches and environments that were not a good fit for our kids um, and for our family. And then we've also had some really amazing experiences where everything just fit and fell into place. Um, but for this particular church that we're at, um, it, I really feel it's just how open-minded they are, um, as a whole, not just, you know, one particular person, but the entire church, um, in a whole is very open and, you know, inclusive and very understanding. We have a lot of families that actually come that have special needs kids and that have, um, you know, different areas of, of need that they need for each of them. And our church has just really been very loving and understanding and, and just wants to build on how they can help each family, you know, and make it better for everyone that decides to come. I love that, especially because the parents are also getting that fellowship where 
you know, as special needs parents, we don't have a lot of places where we can go with our kids where we fit in and could actually have a conversation with other breeding adults because we're chasing, we're too busy chasing our kids or rounding them up where you have like this safe place that you can go and bring your kids and then actually meet other parents that have similar, you know, parallel lives. They may be different. But you guys are on a parallel path, you know, and you can really have, you know, friends that understand you because I think that's the biggest hurdle for us. Like, even with uh, Jackson starting, like, all his sports and stuff, like, the other parents, they talk to Jeremy. But when I am there with Jaden, we're, we're, like, on an island by ourselves because they don't really understand it. And I don't think it's anybody trying to be like malicious or that they just don't understand it so they stay away so i wish there was a place where we could go where like the should like the children are inclusive but also the adults are kind of there too yeah i mean it, it's been uh, a very uh, unique and, and wonderful experience um we've made some pretty great uh, relationships and friends um, uh, throughout this process. And, um, you know, what was really, um, I think the, the place where we felt most definitely this is where we're going to call home uh, as far as church was I'm very much, and, and Kirby knows me, I'm very much, uh, I, I love to step out of the box and I love to get my hands dirty and to help and to make myself known to everyone, especially when it's involving my kids. Um, and so when we started attending this church, I was like, I'm going to go and volunteer. Um, one rule I will say that I have is I do not volunteer where my kids are. And that is because not because I don't want to be with them because I do. It's because one, I need time to myself and two Sawyer would not grow and flourish if I were in the room all the time. Uh, and the same goes for the other two as well. So I volunteer in many different areas of the church, just not where they are. Um, I help out with the youth ministry. I help out with hosting, with, um, uh, you know, getting to new new members, um, you know, all sorts of things um, so that I have time for myself, but that I also get to build relationships and meet people. Um, uh, and, you know, they get to meet my kids. Um, but the the icing on top of the cake was in the youth ministry. I've met some really wonderful young people um, that are volunteers as well, but they're college age, maybe a little bit older. So I'm more of the mom of the group. <laughs> uh, and I love that, though, because I, I'm very well accepted and, and uh, uh, have made some wonderful friendships, but there are some people in there that are actually going to school to work with special needs. And so they absolutely dote on our children. Uh, they come over to our house. Um, you know, they have babysat for our kids. Like I cannot tell you the last time we actually had someone babysit our kids and not get a phone call saying we can't handle this. We were told, you know, as a Christmas gift, this is your gift. You go, you and your husband, go out, go eat, take your time, go do something, come back, everything's good. We were gone 
came back maybe two, two and a half hours later, and we stayed another hour just talking and spending time with them and hearing, um, you know, how it went with our kids. But we've been very blessed with some really amazing people that want to be involved in our lives and more importantly, in our kids' lives. Um, so it's, it's just been a really wonderful experience. That is incredible. Like yeah, I love that because I can't find anybody that wants to watch my kids. They come yeah. one time and they're like out the door running by the time I get home yeah. because especially it's not a lot. Free. <laughs> yeah, especially as a gift yeah, and no. or not um, that doesn't come along with a very hefty price tag. <laughs> just, I wish I could volunteer in all these places. I want to do all these things, but I can't because I'm unfortunately having to be right outside the door <laughs> to be there in case there's an issue with my kid. I it would be awesome a, though. That's an amazing good. accomplishment. It is. So before we wrap up, we always ask our last question pretty much to everyone because we want other places to be able to gain from your experience and your knowledge so what are one or two tips about making inclusion successful in a church? And the tip can be for the parents or the program, however you want to give it. But, um, you know, the first tip I would give, and I'm going to give two, the first tip would be for the parents. And that is to research as much as you possibly can when it comes to the churches in your area that you're going to be looking at. Uh, you know, call ahead, uh, email, whatever the contact ability, you know, ability is with the church um, and get as much information from them about their church and the services um, that they offer for your kids. And then set up a phone call or a one-on-one -on -one person you know, in-person meeting with them and sit down and explain your situation um, and kind of get a feel for, for the church before you go and see if it's going to be a good fit for you. Um, you know, we have a uh, outline of what we used with each of the churches that we have called home in the last couple years of what questions are the most important ones to ask? And so I say that to parents in your research, find out what concerns are your most important concerns, write them out, put them in front of you, and then make sure that when you're on that call or in person that you're asking those, um, and don't, don't waver from that. Don't bend to make them feel more comfortable because it's about your family and about your child feeling comfortable where you want to call home as a church. Um, so that's the tip for the parents. For the church, I really do hope that over time, more churches, and this is for all denominationals, all religions, all of them, that they will all eventually understand that there is no normal. There is no straightforward, you know, uh, uh, plan that they have to have in place that fits every single person walking in that door, that they will be flexible, that they will understand that they have to progress and they have to 
change with the times, if they do not change with the times, they're going to realize that a lot of their members and a lot of the families are starting to leave and go elsewhere. And eventually that's going to hurt that church. Um, so my tip for them is be open and understanding and willing to change and alter where you need to, to be able to accommodate any and all families that come in. Excellent tips there. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Those are. We, yeah. We appreciate it so much. I mean, my own tip would be don't say that kids are possessed by demons, right? Yeah. No, let's not, let's not <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one too. I think the whole internet saw that. I sent that to my husband and his response in the text was just wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Like he had no words. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely not one uh to go to if you're looking for inclusion. So <laughs> it's not a place yeah, if you belong to, to that church, maybe maybe join Sarah's church. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm to leave. It's worth a drive. It's worth a drive. I don't know where you are in Tennessee in relation to that church, but it is worth it. We're we're about three hours, unfortunately, from them. So that's a little too close for me. But yeah, so we're not too terribly far. So if those wanna venture out our way, you know, and, and find a church that's open. Right. For real though. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. And can you, before we wrap up, tell everyone where they can find you and we will be sure to put that all in the show notes as well. So um, when the episode uh, drops, they will get all the information and text too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our family's page is Sawyer's voice, uh, our input, imperfect memoir, if I can say it correctly. Um, and we are on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and you can just follow us there and see our kids journey. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Please remember that all the opinions you hear on our show, whether from our hosts or guests, are their own. They don't represent anyone else's views or endorsements. So listen in for fun and learning, but remember, it's all up to you how you use it. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on this adventure. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Yes Day Inclusion. To leave us a voice message, please use the provided link because we'd love to hear from you.